Street Photography Magazine podcast, episode number 76, Publishing Your Work with Harvey Stein. Hello again, and welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. This is Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And if you've missed the podcast over the last few weeks, that's because I've been working on a project night and day to rebuild the web version of Street Photography Magazine. And I wanted to get it ready for the September issue. Now, we've had the same look and feel of the web version of the magazine for the last seven years, and that's like forever in Internet time. What I wanted to do was modernize the look and the feel, the layout, to show off the photographs better. So we went with a a black background this time, went with uh, what we call full-width layout. Uh, We used more screen real estate again to better show off the photos. And we have more of a magazine layout now that I think you really like. And it's uh, very easily readable on smaller devices. I also went with a minimalist menu. So again, there's more screen real estate for photographs. It's been a long time coming, and I hope you subscribers enjoy it. And But like any new software, we're still tweaking it. So if you have any problems, please drop us a note at uh, support at streetphotographymagazine.com or just use the uh, contact page on the website. And if you're not a subscriber, I invite you to check out a free issue of the magazine by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash free. That's streetphotographymagazine.com slash free. Check it out. No obligation. Nothing to buy. And if you like it, then sign up. Our guest this week is lifelong street photographer and educator Harvey Stein. He's published over nine books throughout his career. And I've had the pleasure of speaking with him over the years as he's published several of them. When he finished his latest book, Then and There, Mardi Gras 1979, we got together on a Zoom call to discuss the book and what he's working on currently. And I have to say, it was a real learning experience. Now, this book is quite different from Harvey's past monographs. It's created from a collection of Polaroid photos that he made over 40 years ago at the Mardi Gras. And he did it with a Polaroid SX-70 instant camera. And that was something used at the time by millions of consumers to photograph family holidays and vacations. In fact, my mother had one. It's still around here someplace. But you take a photograph... And it would pop out of the bottom of the uh, camera in a couple of minutes. It would develop by itself. Very cool device. Anyway, during our conversation, I learned much more than the backstory behind the photos. That's because it's also a story about how Harvey made a real book, one that's going to be in people's personal collections and in libraries for generations, all from a box of photos that he had tucked away in a drawer and almost forgotten. It's a story about putting yourself out there and taking risks to show your own work and how that can lead to unexpected opportunities. It's a story about overcoming the restrictions of the pandemic by using your photographic vision to tell stories about the people and places near you that maybe you overlooked in the past. 
and it encourages you to follow your interest and imagination to create projects that will hone your own skills and enrich the lives of your subjects. Harvey is always a guest to speak with, and I always learn something new each time we speak. I come away from those conversations looking at my own work a little differently. And I hope you will too when you have a listen to our conversation. Today I'm with Harvey Stein. Harvey is located in New York City. He's from Pittsburgh, God's country, educated as an engineer. He's been teaching at uh, International Center for Photography for quite a while, ICP in New York, trained some of my favorite photographers, and uh, just, uh, he's a master, what can I say? He's a publisher of nine books so far, a prolific street photographer. Harvey, welcome back. Thanks for being with us again. My pleasure, Bob. It's great to be with you and Street Photography Mag and and your audience. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you've uh, you've been on here several times, and we featured you several years ago in the early days of the magazine. Right. And still one of my favorite photos in the magazine is one of yours. Which is that one? That's the woman where you just see your legs in the photo booth. I think it was Uh at Coney Island. Coney Island was, yeah, on the boardwalk. Yeah, there was a, yeah, a photo booth on the boardwalk, right. And I came up to her and uh, she had, she, she, her legs are stretched out and uh, that's all you can see in the opening. And I never reveal what else she's not wearing. So <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> and you never will. And I never will. And it's been published quite a lot, actually. So it's not just us. Oh, well, that's fine. It's a great photo. Thank you. Thank Along you. with many others. Thank you. So, Harvey, before we get into things, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey in photography? Okay, good. You, as you said, I, uh, I'm from Pittsburgh. I grew up there. I went to Carnegie Mellon University, got a uh, bachelor's degree in metallurgical engineering. Uh, did that for a couple of years. I, 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 I was in, I took ROTC at college. So I, I was in the American army and was, uh, stationed in Germany in a small town near, uh, Frankfurt called Aschaffenburg. And, uh, on the base, they had a dark room. Wow. Lo and behold. And I had, I was a second Lieutenant. I had some time on my hands. This was mid sixties or so. And, uh, I bought a camera. I always wanted to try photography. I I was about 22 years old then, and uh, I uh, picked up a camera there, a Zeiss Icon uh, Contaflex camera, and started photographing. Photographed my travels, my men. Uh, I could pose them, and I really got into it and liked it and, and, and worked in the darkroom. So that was my start in photography. I came back to New York. Uh, Bethlehem Steel, where I was working in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, Stopped working there, went to Columbia grad school in New York City for business. I got an MBA. And while I was in New York, I had my camera and I photographed around New York. So then I worked uh, for several years in the business world, did not love it, did not like it that much. And thought, wow, I love photography. I took some classes in New York, 
with some well-known people, George Tice, uh, Ben Fernandez, Ken Heyman, old-time people now. And uh, I, I just started photographing and said, I'm going to try to become a photographer. And I quit my job and started photographing around New York. Uh, well, I didn't quit yet. I mean, okay. So I was working in the 70s, but I was photographing at the same time. And I produced a book while I was working full time on identical twins. My first book came out in 1978. It's called Parallels, A Look at Twins. It was a six-year venture. And I photographed 155 sets of identical twins over six years, interviewed them, and produced a book published by E.P. Dutton. Uh, the printing's not great, but the book is amazing. It's From Birth to Death, Twinship from Babies to Old Age. And if you can get a copy for $10 on Amazon, maybe, it, it'd be w well worth it, I think, especially if you're twin and we sold 10,000 copies so that was fabulous and uh I became a photographer I worked for a year in a studio so and in 19 the book came out in 78 in 1979 I quit working so I did that book totally while I was working on weekends and holidays and whatever I quit working in 79 and it took me to 1999 to make as much money in photography as I was making in 1978 working for uh, uh, in, 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 in the business world. So one of the messages there, if that's clear, is that uh, you don't do photography for the money, you do it because you love to do it. And since 1979, I've been a full-time photographer and teacher. I started teaching at ICP in 1976, not telling them that I also was a full-time employee of, a, of, a, of an ad agency on Madison Avenue. I didn't want them to know because I didn't think they would take me seriously. So I kept that hidden until 1979 when I can really be myself and be full-time uh, working as a photographer. So you were a madman, huh? I was a madman, and, and on yeah, and on I was on Madison Avenue, and during my lunch breaks, I would take my camera out uh, in Midtown. I'd go out mostly in the summer with a tie. I'd leave my suit coat or sport coat in the office. I take the tie off shoot for my lunch hour, go into a phone booth, put the tie back on. I mean, I felt like Superman. I felt like Clark Kent, actually. I had two, um, two uh, personas, one a business person and one a creative artist. And I, and I got a little crazy about it. Who am I really? Until I really uh, decided I'm going to be a photographer and try it for two years. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, I can always come back to the business world. And I never look back. And I, I, I'm a happy person because I'm doing what I love to do in my life. I think we're here. We're around. We come around once. We have one shot at it. We're allowed to change our professions. But we should find what we really want to do. It took me many years to find what I was destined to do. I was 
I worked in uh, engineering. I worked in Madison Avenue. And then I became a photographer. And, and I'm a happy person. Now you meet a lot of people later in life. Maybe they had successful careers. And they look back and say, gee, I wish I really had done Absolutely. blank instead. Absolutely. And I, I have, as students, many lawyers, not too many doctors, who want to change their lives. I've, so, I've had so many lawyers who aren't happy with that profession, and they're in my class or in classes, photo classes, ICP or out, out elsewhere, looking to change their lives. And not only lawyers, but, uh, you know, a lot of people trying to find their way. Yeah. And it takes time, you know. What do we know? I was at 17. I went to college in engineering. Did I choose that? No, my parents kind of chose it for me. <laughs> what do you know at 17 that you want to be lifetime? I think 80% of the graduate engineers in the country become something else within five years. They're not an engineer any longer. Um, yeah, so. I know. I don't know if you know Lauren Wells in New York. She was a corporate attorney. Oh, I didn't know that. I know her. Yeah, do you? I figured you would. Yeah, she was a corporate attorney. I mean, attorneys. Very successful. Great photographer. Yeah, she's Doing true. what she loves. Yeah. We need to do what we love because otherwise, you know, that's a third of our life and it carries into other aspects of our life. Otherwise, we're not going to be happy. And I think the goal is to be happy, be creative, and do what you really care about doing. So I'm not telling you now to change your, your jobs. If you have one, if you're lucky enough to have one during this pandemic. But uh, find, find what it is you really want to do and go for it. And try it. If it doesn't work, you can always fall back into what you were doing, perhaps. You think it's harder today to do what you did than, than it was back then? Yes, because there's many more photographers now. I think. Mm -hmm. And there's less money being paid for photography. Uh, I could always get a job in photography, a shooting job, or I, I, I worked as a caption writer for an encyclopedia to get me through. I worked as a second assistant in a studio, my first job in photography. There were jobs in photography that you could do. Now, I don't, I don't know that there's jobs. And there's so many more photographers now than there, there were then in the 70s, 80s. Uh, but there's more opportunity in a way because of the internet. There's more outlets, I think, now, but they don't pay. So how do you make a living? You can get your work out, but you can't get, it's hard to pay the rent. Yep, yep. Hard, hard to pay for your shoes with it. Yeah. But you were talking about publishing. You've just recently published a new book. Yes. So along the way, I've I've published nine books. This is ninth book it's called then and there mardi gras 1979 it's an unusual book for me in that all my other books took at least six years one of my books took 40 years and i'm now working on coney island 50 years that's going to come out in may of 2022 the the mardi gras book i shot in a in a week uh a week or so in 1979, I went down to the Mardi Gras with some friends. I think I was there in 80 and 81 also. And I was shooting with, I shoot with Lycus, black and white film. That's what I did then. That's what I do now. But I had a um, SX-70 camera in the 70s. That was kind of popular. 
a, a great photographer and artist, Lucas Samaras, S-A-M-A-R-A-S, fabulous artist, really well known, a Da Vinci of our times. He does all kinds of art. And he picked up a SX-70 camera, started shooting with it, got published. And uh, I saw his work, and then I got an SX-70 camera, cost about $150. You get 10, 10 uh, uh, sheets of film for about $8, instant, instant film, about three and a half by four and a half, comes out of the camera, in a, and then in a minute it develops. So I took this camera down to Mardi Gras also and started shooting with it at twilight. So uh, this camera shoots uh, SX-70 film, about three and a half by four and a half. It, it, it comes out of the camera, takes about a minute to develop in front of your eyes. It's not that, in, it's instant, but not that instant. And, uh, and I, you know, I like the instantaneous quality of it. It produces a beautiful color. It's very colorful and bright and vivid. Um, and it, 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 you don't have to um, coat it with anything. Uh, it's just really beautiful. And so at twilight, and we were out all day and shooting, and at twilight, it's getting dark. So I was shooting with probably Tri-X and it was a little dark. Uh, also had flash cubes for the SX-70 that you could mount on the, on the camera you can get a little bar of five flash cubes that goes into the top of the camera. And I use the flash at twilight. And I started photographing people close up who painted their faces or wore masks. Um, so maybe I did about a hundred of these images during the week. It was a sideline to what I was really shooting there. Um, close up and uh, you can see one or two of them here. Um, and I did about a hundred of them and then came back home and liked them and maybe showed them to some people, never published. I put them in a box in my drawer and probably forgot about it as I forgot about a lot of my SX-70 work because it wasn't my, my main uh, thrust in, in photography. So then in 19, I'm sorry, in 2018, I was at the photo plus Expo in New York City. It's a big photo festival. And they had a section in the, in the, at, the, at the pier. There's a big, big uh, uh, space. And they had uh, a, a small space of that big space allocated for book publishers. And they would have um, their booths and they would put out the books that they're trying to sell. And so I went to one, it was called Zatara Press. I didn't know anything about it. I'm, I'm always interested in books and looking. And I met the uh, president or the creator of Zatara Press, Andrew, uh, boy, his last name's a problem. Fednik, let's call it that. It's not quite right. And he knew me, uh, he knew my work. Uh, he went to ICP, he went through the graduate program, and he knew me, I didn't know him, and we started talking, I bought one of the books on, on display, and he asked me, do I have any work that hasn't been obviously published 
that people would be surprised to know that it came from me. I'm known as a street photographer, black and white. Uh, I also did two books in studio, indoors, but my first two books. But he, uh, and I immediately said, yes, I have these photographs, and I've remembered them, uh, that I shot at um, uh, the Mardi Gras, and uh, he said, oh, wow, I love the Mardi Gras. I've, lived, I've been there many times. I'd like to see them. So he's in Virginia. He's in Richmond. And his company, Zatara, Z-A-T-A-R-A Press, is in Virginia. And he came up to my apartment in New York. I showed him the images. And right away, he said, I want to I want to make a book of these. So he's a small press, fine art publisher limited edition books he's he founded the company in 2014 this was 2018 and now it's 2020 and we produced this book it took a year and a half uh, he had it printed in spain and it's really and it's ready to be uh put out there uh, initially we were going to do it in april of 2020 but the virus and we had speaking engagements and book signings lined up. So we have waited now until the fall when we thought things would calm down. Whether it's calmed down or not is another question. But <laughs> as of October 1st or so, that's our official publication date and we'll start marketing. So we initially planned 400 copies to be printed in Spain. Actually, we only got about 300 because some of them were ruined between you and us me and you guys, he didn't want me to say this, but we have 300 copies. He's selling about 200, I'm selling 100, and then it's over with. It's a small gem of a book, 88 pages, 47 beautiful photographs. The he is a designer as well as Andrew, as well as a publisher, and the book, he designed it. I tried to take some credit, but he wouldn't let me. I sequenced the work with him and i had my fingerprint on it the whole time so it's going to be out there limited edition and his books are meant for collectors it's only 40 dollars. i really wanted to keep the price down because it's not a big book it's a small book and we're going to uh, try to sell it and once it's sold which it'll sell out pretty quickly it will not be reissued he does not do that and so we're hoping for the best and for me it's so different because it's color, it's a different format, a different camera, and uh, it was done in a week, although it's taken 40 years for it to see the light of day. So there's a lot of contradictions and differences in this book from my previous work. And indeed, I think people will be surprised that it came from my my book body of work it, it, it doesn't look like anything i've done so it's it must be your engineer's training to keep so organized that you're able to know yeah. that you still have this stuff and where to find it after well so it's in years. a drawer right next to my desk and so and <laughs> occasionally i'll look at it because i shot a, i shot from i'd say 1975 to 1980 82 with sx70 oh and then I put it aside. And so I shot a lot of stuff. I shot Girlfriends. I shot probably Coney Island a little bit. I mean, it's a very intimate camera. It was like our cell phone in that 
You didn't you didn't have to take it to a lab. Here you if you shoot color in the 70s, you have to take it to a lab yeah. or film, whether uh, film or or slides, you have to take it to a lab. And labs, I mean, if you're doing like nudes and intimate work, labs could call the police or, you know, and so it wasn't really private. The first For the first time, we had a camera that you could shoot. Uh, at home or on the street, and be very intimate with it, and and it's very it's totally private, much like the cell phone is now. You didn't have to go through a third person or a, a second uh, a, a lab or something like that. I was going to say the book is just um, is beautifully done. He, you're right. He is a designer. Yes, you have the book. We got the book to you for this interview. Yeah, he he brought it to me personally. He's only you know, an hour away, and he came out here and brought it. So uh, I'm very happy with the book. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a small effort in a way because it didn't take all the, the years to shoot it. And it took, but it did take, we went back and forth in the production of it and in the design of it. He's very meticulous and, and, and um, he's very careful with what he does. It shows. It's a very high quality. So if you're interested in the book, uh, I'm, uh, you could, what, contact me? Sure. Uh, and what I could do is sign and, and inscribe the book to you personally and mail it to you. Uh, it's $40 plus about $4 uh, postage and handling. Not handling, but the, the mail and the uh, the envelope. It's about $4. So... Uh, if you you can email me at hsteinphoto f o t o at aol dot com. Uh, it's also on my website. There's a page of the book on the website, and you can look at. I think we have a couple, several photographs, maybe ten or twelve photos, maybe not. Uh, and I'll be sending out something, so you could contact me, and I can send you more information, or you could ask me some questions. Yeah, we'll put your all your contact info and everything in the article. So, so listeners can just click on it, get to you quickly. And it is definitely street photography, although you don't see my, you, so I use flash and my, my approach is to um, f uh, expose the subject, the, the face well, and have the background go dark and somewhat mysterious. So there is some background, but it's dark. So they pop out of the background. And then there's a, a very good essay in the book, too, a, sh a short four-page essay mm -hmm. by a very good writer. And it's a, li a little – she's a professor, and it's a little academic. And I had her to – I made her tone it down a little bit because <laughs> I barely understand it. And it, it's, it's a nice addition to the book. I like the, the closing quote you put in there from Oscar Wilde. Oh, yeah. So man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Give him a mask and he'll tell you the truth. Is that true? <laughs> I think that it's what true. Experience Mardi Gras? I've always loved photographing people in masks or masks. I did a whole series and was published in a photo magazine in the 70s of masks. Uh, a mask being a, um, a uh, trailer for horses, the, the horse trailer. If you look at the front of it, the ones I found, it was two 
windows and it looked like a face in a mask. I think masks are intriguing so that we can change our identity and we can transform into someone else. And that, that's kind of the theme of, of, of this book for me. Mm-hmm. I've always been intrigued by masks. Not, and now we're all wearing them. Yes. Uh, and, I, and that's a total coincidence. I mean, this book is about, it could be called something about masks, you know, but, and face painting. And I was interested in the creativity of these people who would take hours to paint themselves. And maybe I didn't get into bodies, but because uh, it's, a, it's, it's just like the, the view of the lens is about a 40 or 50 millimeter. And I, 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 as a photographer on the street, like to get close to people. So I'm always trying to get within three feet, four feet of people uh, with my wide angle 21 millimeter lens. I shoot mostly with a 21 millimeter lens, 80% of my film photography is, is with a 21. And that's been true since almost day one. So this in a way fits into the way I work, but is totally different. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. For you, that's a telephoto. Uh, yes. My telephoto, I use a 21 and a 35 on the street. And for me, the 35 is a telephoto. I, I have a 50, I have a 90 for the Leica. I travel the world. I never use anything longer than a 35 millimeter. I want to get close and involved with people. And my and if it's a dog, if it's a tree, uh, I want to get close. I'll shoot some scenes, maybe because I have to, and I want a variety. But my way of working is close and involved and and, uh, you know, I want to make a connection. I want to make a connection. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to include a link to your feature article from several years ago so oh, that's people cool. can get a good taste of your work because we have published several of your photographs yes. in there. Okay. I think we talked uh, when I did my Mexico book in 2018. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I still have those books available too, and it's a beautiful book, so you can look at that if you're interested. Yeah, I'll put uh, I'll put links to everything you've done in the magazine in the article. So okay, you could be my manager. Why not? The price is right. Well, Harvey, I've got to ask you about the pandemic. You're living in New York, one of the places that's been hit the hardest and has recovered the best, actually. So congratulations on that. So how have you been handling it? I mean, it has to be dangerous. Yes. Uh, well. It's concerning for lots of reasons. One, uh, everything that I photograph on the streets, uh, and every event that I photograph on the streets religiously over the years and I, uh, has, has been canceled. So I don't photograph parades per se, but I go to parades early and at the beginning to photograph the people surrounding the parade, the spectators, the participants, so the Mermaid Parade at Coney Island, it's the most fabulous parade canceled. The Hispanic Columbus Day Parade coming up canceled. Uh, everything's been canceled. So um, my way of working is to be out and about and uh, traveling the city, all, all areas of the city, and, and photographing these wonderful events. The Ecuadorian Parade in Queens, uh, the 
Puerto Rican parade up Fifth Avenue, the Israeli parade up Fifth Avenue. So everything canceled. So it's made me still want to go out much more, much less often and more cautiously. It's made me explore my neighborhood much more. I live on the Upper West Side. It's kind of a nice upper middle class to middle class neighborhood and quite safe uh, always and a little boring, you know. Broadway's a block away. The park is a block away. Riverside Park. Central Park is four blocks away. So it's made me explore and walk around my neighborhood a lot more. I'm, I have not been on public transportation. I don't want to go on the subways. I've been on a few buses. And I've been very excited to photograph around my neighborhood. I'm getting what I think are interesting photographs. And I've started a project of the Upper West Side in the time of the virus. And I think it's, it. Uh, I, I have 20, 25 images that I really like. And so that's gotten me to appreciate and understand the neighborhood a little more. Secondly, I've done a project um, of photographing the workers in my building. We call them essential workers, the doormen, the, um, the mailman, the workers, the porters. So I did that and then showed it to the officers of the building and they even used the photographs for, um, for uh, their, their newsletter. They're by, well, their uh, once every three month newsletter. So that was fun and I got to know the staff a little more. So where there's a will, there's a way. I can't not be shooting. I shoot about 100 times a year, 150 times a year. And I know that because I have a numbering system. I'm shooting 80, 90% film and 10, 15% digital, 20% digital. I've also managed to go to Coney Island three times during the pandemic with my friend Josh, who has a car. He's a photographer. So he picks me up. He lives on the Lower East Side. I live on the Upper West Side. So it slept for him. He picks me up and we go and then he drops me off because taking a subway to Coney Island is an hour and 20 minutes from where I live at best. It's 26 miles away about. It's like in another town. So I've been active with shooting. I've been home a lot more. Uh, I'm not going out and teaching as much, although I do teach class at ICP randomly or remotely, not randomly. So uh, it's made me uh, do my film more. I mean, develop film more, look at my pictures more, clean up my office a little more. Uh, I don't like it. I, I want to be out. And I try to get out almost every day, if not every other day. I'm also printing in my dark room, which is... Uh, on 50th Street, I'm way up on 97th, so mm. I've, taken, uh, I've started taking buses there. So I'm being active. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, who does? I'm trying to be safe. I wear a mask all the time. And when I'm shooting on the Upper West Side for this project, I want people in masks. My goal is to show what's going on the, during this historical moment or year or two, and I want to... I want this to um, um, be known by future generations. So I'm going up to people. What I am photographing mostly on the streets is the same way that I do anyway, engaging people directly on the street, 
talking to them, uh, exchanging ideas and thoughts, and maybe talking two minutes to 10 minutes. I've met about five people on the street who I knew, but I didn't recognize. Photographer that I photographed also, uh, that I wouldn't have photographed if I weren't out in my neighborhood, which in the past has been rare. So I carry the camera everywhere. If I go to the post office, which is eight blocks away, if I go to uh, Whole Foods, which is four blocks away, I'll carry my camera and I trust that I will find something to photograph. Let The lesson here, carry your camera. I used to drive my uh, with my camera and, and I'm shooting with a wide angle lens, 21 millimeter driving and taking pictures. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty dangerous. So yeah carry your camera no camera no shooty no shoot no, no photography if you don't get anything fine if you that i can't tell you how many times i didn't have my camera in the past and i saw something i wanted to photograph didn't work i didn't have my camera now i have my cell phone and i'm shooting with a cell phone also uh, on the streets and doing uh, a, a project with that too which we could get into so that's how the pandemic has uh, affected me so you're not letting grass grow under your feet i'm trying not to but but i will say that i'm shooting half as much as i would normal it would normally do in a in a in our in a, in a in a normal year uh approximately so the the photos on your instagram those are primarily taken with your with your phone uh yeah so i i've been on instagram a couple years now I think 2018 I started in uh, summer and um, I uh, I'm shooting I've shot with the iPhone for years and then Instagram came along and I've I'm using only on my Instagram posts I'm only using my iPhone photographs because for me it's very easy to work them in Snapseed and then post them they're digital images I, with my cameras, my Leica's film, I am shooting film, so I'd have to scan the images to put them on Instagram, which I, uh, which I don't do. I don't scan. So I decided just to do Instagram, uh, for Instagram, do my iPhone photographs. And I have the 11 phone, and, it get, and I, I got the wide-angle lens with it there's three lenses with the the 11 there's a telephoto there's a wide angle and there's there's the normal lens i think it's a 40 and um i didn't get the telephoto because i don't shoot telephoto photo uh, uh lens work i don't do that so uh, i'm using wide angle and the the normal lens on the iphone how oh, wide is the wide angle on no, it's really wide. It's really wide. I, I I should look that up. I'll bet it's in the sixteen millimeter to twenty millimeter range. It's really wide, but you can modify. You can adjust it like a zoom. It's a zoom wide angle, and uh, I'm getting close to people, and I'm sort of interviewing people that I photograph quickly on the on the street. Hi. What, Oh, I like your mask. So I go up to people. I try to go in with a um, with a compliment. I like your mask. I'd like to. I'm photographing people with masks. I'd like to photograph you. And most of them are vertical, 
and but wide angle. So I'm getting, I always want to get with my work, uh, an environment. I want to tell a story about my subject, where he or she is and maybe what they're doing. Mostly though, I want them to look into the camera. I ask people to look into the camera and acknowledge me and we have a discussion and I learn a little bit about them. And this is what I do with my film too. But with the Instagram, because you can type words, I've started typing words uh, that uh, um, um, discuss their, their lives a little bit. Like, where are they? What are they doing? Uh, where are they from? Um, I don't know. Things come up. Uh, how long have you been here? How long have you worked here? You know, if it's in a work situation, on the street, um, you know, just like uh, I, I'm attracted to certain kinds of people that um, there's something to talk about usually. So I, yeah, I really like what you're doing because, you know, <laughs> social media is so easy just to post, right. post and post and post and, you know, right. to multiple groups or whatever and just just move on. But, you know, you take the time to write something about each one and often there's a little lesson there. Right. Uh, I try to talk about what I'm doing. Uh, also, um, it takes, I post only once a week at most. I don't want to overpost. I never post more than two photographs. I, it's only a single photograph. And I take about an hour or so to write and think about it. And then, um, and the hashtags, I want certain kinds of hashtags that will uh, illuminate and maybe uh, coincide with what I'm photographing. Yeah, and, there's one in particular I really like. It's a photo you took of a woman with a blue mask and she's wearing really close. Big, big glasses, very close. Yeah. You said, I want to quote you in here. You said, normally I'm keeping my distance, but this image incorporates a lot that I like in a portrait, including mystery, surprise, closeness, strong color, composition, and presence. Yeah. Presence. That's helpful to anybody who's reading your stuff. I've been following you on Instagram probably since you started, and I, I really enjoy the posts that you do. And you, you, you've got the same ones on Facebook as well. Well, yeah. Uh, in, Facebook owns Instagram, so I can post both simultaneously. Otherwise, I don't go on Facebook. Facebook is come too much of look at look at my lunch look at my, pants, <laughs> look at my i mean you know so but i think instagram still features really good photography and that's what i'm interested that in. that does you know we have an insta i mean we have a facebook group which has good uh -huh. participation but personally it's good I, mean, I hate facebook um with all the hate speech and the crazy election stuff disinformation uh, Instagram is just photography. I mean, Facebook bought it, and now they're trying to make it a little more like Facebook. Oh, yeah. Sponsored stuff. But it's still, I think, okay. And Maybe TikTok would be better, but I'm not ready for that. <laughs> Although, that's just a video. <laughs> You're not 12 years old either. Oh, no. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, you talked about teaching, too. And you're still teaching, but on Zoom, which is what we're on. We're recording this on Zoom. So, But I saw you have a, a course coming up starting in October that looks very interesting. Yes, it's uh, October 6th. If any, there's still places remaining. Uh, it's called Photographing People with Intention. And I guess by intention, I mean meaning. And... Um, 
and, and concentration and, and presence. Uh, we're photographing people in multiple ways during this class. Um, there's there's a, a self-portrait. There, there are assignments. So there'll be some, uh, some street photography with social distancing, hopefully. They'll be photographing someone you know. Uh, various exercises to get us shooting um, and in particular ways that I, I like and uh, espouse, espouse. And, um, you know, I taught this in July, August, and it went really well. I had 11 people, uh, a person from uh, Munich, a person from Mexico City, a person from Edmonton, from Portland, Oregon, from Maryland and a couple from New York. So it was, and we bonded really well. And so I, I like to bond and share and there's no secrets. And um, if you're, it's a six week class on Tuesdays, 11 to 1.30. And uh, if you're interested, you can go to ICP, icp.edu and check it out. Uh, go to school and uh, there'll be many classes listed, and you can find it under my name or under photographing people with intention. I've also been doing during this time private one-on-one -on -one, um, hourly workshops with individuals who want me to help them with their portfolio or their development of a portfolio or a project or a website, pictures for their website. I'm pretty good at... Um, um, critiquing work and organizing work into a body of work. One of my, well, the way I work is in long-term project form. So I'm always thinking about lots of photographs uh, on a theme and um, how to organize them and edit them and uh, sequence them. So if anyone needs that help, I'm available. And you could reach me at my on my email, I guess, which is, should I give my email? Yeah. Sure. If you, if you want the world to have your email, <laughs> yeah, go well, for it. we'll put it in the article my, as well. Okay. It's on my website too. So my email is hstein, S-T-E-I-N, photo, F-O-T-O at AOL.com. My website is harveysteinphoto.com. Simple, simple enough. So I love teaching. I've been teaching since the 70s. I've been teaching at ICP since 1976. Wow. With one year that I was at uh, RIT. I was at RIT two years. And, oh, really? Yeah, I taught at Rochester Institute of Technology in 1987 and 1988, two years. But one year I was back and forth here teaching at ICP and then Rochester. And then one year I lived up there, which I didn't like particularly. Rochester's in the winter, dark, cold city, snowing. Wow. But I loved RIT. It was really great. Yeah. A friend of mine went there. He's an engineer. Yeah. Of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a great school. Okay. If somebody wanted to think about working with you to help develop their portfolio, but what if they thought to themselves, am I, am I a good enough photographer to be working with somebody like Harvey Stein? Or maybe I just don't. I just don't have a decent body of work. Is it still worth spending time with you? Well, yeah, maybe an hour. Uh, charged by the hour, it's not that much. Uh, and I've even decreased my my 
charges because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. No one has much money these days. So, yeah, I mean, if they have zero, I mean, we could just talk about how to start a project or what photography is all about or what, what you're interested in and care about and how we might go about photographing them. I mean, I think you want to, you need to be a bit of a curious person and a mm-hmm. person interested in the world and interested in, um, well, that's one way of shooting, like going out and shooting, but you could be at home and photographing yourself or your family uh, and do self portraits uh, during home. I know Many people during the pandemic who have been more or less quarantined, self-quarantined, and they started self-portrait projects. I can think of two young, well, two women, one young, one middle-aged, who uh, have done great work, great bodies of work, and and are continuing it. So, yeah, I think I have a lot to offer, a lot to say, and uh, I'm usually encouraging I'm not a harsh person, uh, but I'm <laughs> honest, <laughs> and uh, I, I, uh, you know, I love I love talking to people. The other thing I do is travel workshops all over the world. I would like to mention that. Of course, now they're shut down, but I've been to India six times for work photo workshops. I've been to, uh, well. Uh, Italy, I did 12 workshops. Uh, I'm, I'm more now geared toward Asia. I did Vietnam three times. We're gonna, we had planned this year a trip to China, which I did in, I did, uh, in 2018, another trip to China. We were, we, we were planning Myanmar. I'm planning um, um, uh, India, India, but India's unlikely we i love india it's so amazing i've been there so many times and i just so huge so in the future when it's feasible and appropriate we're going to start up the travel workshops again and they last in the asia it's a two-week situation i do every year new mexico taos and uh i've done that for 15 years that's an eight-day workshop, seven, eight-day workshop. So there's a variety of classes and, and workshops that I teach. And I love teaching. I, I love. I feel, feel I've been helped by teachers, and I want to give back. It's, in a way, my way of giving back. So who learns more from it, you or them? Well, I learn a lot from my students. And I, I'm friends with many students. I mean, uh if you take one of my classes two years after that, I probably won't remember your name. I'll remember your face. If you take two of my classes, I know your name forever. So I've I've been in. I was in Buenos Aires, and someone came up to me. You're Harvey Stein, right? Yeah. Who are you? Oh, I took your class in 1991. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> you know, I I get this all the time on the streets. Everywhere I go, people. It's wonderful. Yeah, and it's nice, and you, and the many of them say, "Oh, you helped me, or you changed my life." That makes teaching worthwhile. That's got to be a rush. It is a rush. It, it, it's really it makes me feel really happy and good. So, I mean, what I would say is, keep shooting, keep the faith, carry your camera everywhere. Uh, try not to be discouraged, and try to find a project, a theme. That's what's really important. That's what I could help you with. Find the themes and something that either you don't know much about and want to learn more about 
or something that uh, you have access to, like your uncle is a doctor in a hospital. Well, who wants to be in a hospital now? <laughs> you can go into the hospital and photograph, or or he's a miner somewhere, and you can get into the mines or or get access to the miners coming out of the mine if they still do that. Um, use use your friends and and family for contacts, uh, and think of. Uh, a theme or two, just one's plenty, but I, I've always had two or three themes going at once. So if I'm bored with one or stop, I go on to another. So for instance, I did a book on identical twins for six years. I did a book on the neighborhood of Harlem. That was 23 years. I'm doing Coney Island, 50 years. I have a new book coming out in 2022, Coney Island People, 50 years. It's my third Coney Island book. It will be. I did this book on, on the Mardi Gras that's coming out next week. So try to find something that you that you are excited about and can and be engaged by, and that you you want to explore visually. And I've done interviews. I, my first two books, the Coney, I'm sorry, the Twins book, and I did a book six years on artists, painters, and sculptors in their studios, in their studio environment, from Warhol and Rauschenberg and uh, George Siegel and Lee Krasner, famous people in the 80s. I did this in the 80s. And not so famous young artists. And I interviewed them and I incorporated the in my book interviews of all the artists that I photographed. I had interviews of the twins that I incorporated in the in the um, in that twins book, and now with my stories on Instagram, I'm I, I guess I want to write. Maybe I want to be a writer, not a photographer. I don't know. Go for it. Writing is too painful. Photography is hard enough. Um, find something that you love and that you could latch onto, and try it for a month. Try it for two months. Try it for six months, and see where it's going. And suddenly you have 10 pictures, and then maybe you have 15. Then you have a portfolio, a body of work that you can show to a blog, to a gallery. And then my ultimate goal is to do a book, which is 80 photographs, 120 photographs. And to me, the ultimate is a book, because books last. They don't go away. A magazine's for a month, and then the next month's magazine. Uh, <laughs> exhibits are a month, right? I, my book on uh, my first Coney Island book is still in print from 1998. Uh, I still get royalty checks of $2, $5 from books that, that I did in the 80s. So it's, it, I love books and we all love books, right? I mean, what, who, who cannot love a book, uh, a good book? And that's, that's been my goal photographing projects that I am interested in and want to pursue because of who I am and what I care about and what I want to learn more about. I did a body of work on people living with AIDS, four by five camera portraits indoors in a studio situation uh, with studio lights. And I did that for four or five years. I, I, I had some shows. It never was a book. It was never meant to be a book. But I wanted to pursue that because I knew nothing about that situation, AIDS, in the 90s. And I'm living in New York City, which is the epicenter of the AIDS epidemic. So 
and, and some of the work is beautiful. I tried to get a book and it didn't happen. So, so be it. Not all projects are books. Speaking of publishing, yes. I mean, for you, you've been publishing for years and yes. you know how to find a publisher and get oh, no. a book out. But for a lot of people, it's very difficult. Do you recommend that people go the self-publishing route? No, I don't think so. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, you do, what, 100 books, 200 books. Mostly they're sitting in your um, living room or your storage room. I don't recommend it. Uh, I do teach a class, it so happens, and, <laughs> and, and workshops on getting photo books published. So uh, I do one at ICP about once a year. It's uh, two, it's two weekends usually, four days. I have guests. That's under normal situations. I'm, I, I've, I've asked to do a book class remotely, so we'll see if that happens. That's another possibility. I think books are great, and, and uh, they're very popular now. And books are selling during the pandemic, uh, it seems. People are home more. That's true. So bookstores are doing fairly well, which is good to hear. Yeah. Um, so there's so much to talk about, but I know we don't have the time. Yeah, that's that's. A, I mean, I can sit and talk about this stuff all day. So yeah, me too. <laughs> Unfortunately, not get any work done. It's always good to talk. Uh, we should be. We should join a group. I mean, you know, a camera club. I don't love camera clubs because I don't like the pedanticness of it. But there's good. There's a good organization. Texas Photographic Society is a really good organization. PRC, that's Photographic Resource Center in Boston, is a really good uh, organization. Soho Photo in New York City is a gallery. You can become a member of it. And they have meetings they, and remote, and they have competitions. They have lectures. For women, uh, PWP, Professional Women Photographers, is a great organization out of New York. But it's, it's all it's, – it's, um, it's uh, nationwide. Mm -hmm. Be online. Check them out. Yeah, I belong to the NPPA, National Press Photographers. That, that's very good. Yeah, I've never joined that or ASMP. Uh, Texas Photographic Society, I'm a member of. Uh, and I, I like them. I've been a member of them for many years. They have about 1,200 people from all over the country. And again, competitions. How do you get your work out? That's another thing, getting your work out. Submit work to competitions. Um, it's very competitive, but, uh, you know, look at what they're asking for, what their theme of, of the competition might be. And give it a try. So I still submit work. I still do. Uh, maybe once or twice a year. It keeps you active, busy, and it keeps you looking at your work and thinking about your work. So were you friends with Len Spire? He, he didn't yes. live too far from you. Yeah, I lived on and, 88th or 89th. I'm on 97th. Yeah. And he, uh, I mean, right up to, I got I got to, to know him pretty well. He's a contributor to the magazine and just a nice guy and he he's, he's like a, almost exactly my father's age who passed away a long time ago and uh but he was entering contests probably up to the last couple of weeks of his life wow yeah very accomplished photographer and yeah he was a lawyer yeah he was a guest in many of my classes i did a class on 
legal issues and photography and copyright and all that. And he would come often to my class. Yeah, I knew him very quite well. He, I think, he passed away at eighty-nine. I think he was. 89. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. Very sad. Yeah, we all have to go it's sooner or later. <laughs> and very funny. It was very funny. They keep you in stitches. So we featured him in our eleventh, eleventh issue. Uh huh. How many issues have you are you up to now? Uh, we just published ninety six. Oh my god! So ninety ninety seven will be out in October. Wow, it's once a month, right? Uh, right. Once a month. Yeah. The, when we first started, um, we were publishing every other month, mm-hmm. and then about partway into the first year, we started publishing every month. Harvey, it's been been really good. Um, always glad to talk to you. I always learn a lot. I'm looking forward to your class. I am. I'm signing up for Harvey's class, by the way. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, but it's tell us before you go. Where can people find you online? Oh, online. I think I mentioned it. Uh, my website is harveysteinphoto.com. My email is hsteinfoto hsteinphoto at aol.com. Uh, uh, Instagram is Stein.Harvey and uh, I guess Facebook is Harvey Stein Photo. Well, right. and we'll be sure to put that in the article too so people can click on it. Great. great. Go right there. And it's been great to talk to you, Bob. We finally met because we're doing this on Zoom. And now I'll, if I see you on the street in New York, I'll say hi. I'll recognize you <laughs> or Charlotte. And always a pleasure uh, speaking with you and your audience. I know you have a a very active and large audience and growing all the time, and it's well-deserved. And thank you for all that you do for photography. Photography.